Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls, ADF, Defending the First Amendment Rights of Free Speech and Religious Liberty, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with, well, most of the guys this week. We've got John Rush, we've got Neil Boron, we've got himself Bob Duco, and we will have, we will have Roger Marsh back with us next week. Roger the Prodigal Marsh. Anyway, guys, we're, this week we're talking about first the, the people that are trapped as we record this. At the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, so we don't know when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this sometime later than Wednesday morning, obviously you know more now than we do as we're recording this. But we're going to talk about that. And then in the second half of the podcast, we are going to talk about the Hunter Biden plea deal and what does very much appear to be a two-tier justice system in this country, but that's coming up later on. Right now, though, you have this this submergible that went down 12,500 feet to the to the bottom of the Atlantic to be able to see the the wreckage of the Titanic. You have five adventurers went down there. Rich people, they're paying $250,000 a piece per ticket to get uh, down there. And one of the people happens to be the CEO of this company. And so they're trapped down there. What what happened is as they they started descending 8 o'clock Sunday morning, and as they started descending, it takes about a two-hour dive, a slow dive, two hours to get to the bottom. Well, after an hour and 45 minutes, they lost contact with them up above. Now, this is controlled, as crazy as this sounds, this is actually controlled by somebody on the surface on a boat with a little joystick like you play on video games. And that's kind of remote controlling it. The people inside are locked inside. They're actually dead bolted inside. There are, there are bolts that so there's no door on the inside of this to get out. And they have 96 hours of oxygen. Well, they were supposed to only be down there for a few hours. They were supposed to take two hours to go down, then take about three or four hours down there, then take a couple hours to come back up, and then that's it. Well, what happened is... Uh, by 3 o'clock that afternoon, they didn't come back up and waiting and waiting and waiting. And so now everybody's been looking for them, the U.S. Coast Guard, Canadian Coast Guard. Everybody's getting involved looking for them, sonar detection, and they have not been able to find them. They don't know if they got entangled in the wreckage. They don't know if it drifted off somewhere, went off course, and they just don't know. Uh, but right now, it's about 37 degrees, estimated 37 degrees inside is what they're experiencing. It's completely dark. Uh, it's a very small tube that five of them are in, and they're running out of oxygen. And they're slated to completely run out of oxygen by 8 o'clock Thursday morning at the latest, if not earlier than that, because of people expending oxygen through panic and such. Uh, the search area so far has been about 10,000 square miles of searching that's been done. That, Folks, that's the size of Massachusetts. And they have not been able to find this. And so we just don't know what's going on with this. And so I, I, I guess 
it surprises me a little bit that we don't have the technology to be able to find them. Maybe I'm just so used to watching Star Trek. I'm just expecting somebody to pull out some tricorder and go, yep, here they are. But we just don't have that level of technology yet. And I guess before we get to talking, it's a needle in a haystack, Bob. I know, you know, and John, before we get to talking about the, the, the adventurous kind of things and the risks involved and such, I just maybe just some of your thoughts about what these guys down there are oh, going through because I, I, I cannot even imagine the no. horror that they are experiencing. And I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think any of them are Christian. I know there's a Pakistani dad with his 19 year old son, and I, boy, I'll tell you what, if I was down there, I would definitely be thankful that I know the Lord. Uh, and do they now? I mean, I know what's going on down there. You don't even point. know if they're all still alive at this no, point. No, you do not know. I mean, we've heard that there's, there's banging on the doors, yeah, right? Or, yeah, we've heard there's banging. They've picked that up on some sonar and so on, and, and it's every 30 minutes, so it's not like it's just some random thing. That's where they're pretty sure it's these particular individuals. But to your point, is it one? Is it all five? It's very cramped quarters. There's no CO2 scrubber. So even though they've got oxygen supply, uh, the air is getting thicker and thicker because they're rebreathing the CO2 that they're expelling. Right. And, and again, because they, don't, you know, they didn't plan on being down there this long. So the craft just doesn't have those things. You know, there's no food. There's no water. There's no place to use the restroom. I mean, you know, you think about mm. all those things and you have to sit like Indian style, you know, cross-legged when you're in it. In the, in the, you know, that's the other thing about it. You can't even spread out in the in the craft itself. It just barely fits five people. So I mean, you're just crammed in there, and you just can imagine, you know, what's going through their mind when, you know, you just know, hey, if we don't get out of this, this is it. This is the end. I mean, what kind of conversations would you even have with one another at that point? You know what? I, this is so. This is so crass. I didn't really think about this, John, but you're right. They, they have to go to the bathroom. What, what must it smell like I know, in there awful. even? This is basically a, a little miniature outhouse as well. Right. And what, what kind of toxic fumes might those well, be as well? And the other well? thing, that, and again, I don't want to get real crude, but when people pass, their muscles all relax. So if one of them has died, well, then you expel everything that's inside of right. your bladder, your body, and so on. So then you have... All of that, if somebody actually did expire. So again, I'm not trying not to get too graphic, but these are the things that really could be very well going. You know, very well right now could be going on down there. We have no idea. Oh my goodness, Neil! Just some of your thoughts on what they must be experiencing right now. Well, sheer terror, I would imagine. Um, yeah. It's unbelievable. And I was just thinking as John was talking that you hear a news story like this, and it's in some ways reminiscent of that baby Jessica story from 1987. I think she was in Texas, got caught, fell down into a well, and the whole world was watching, will she be rescued? And actually, there was probably, in some sense, way more hope for her than there are for the folks that are caught in this vessel. Um, But, I mean, sheer terror. And and we don't know where they're at with the Lord, which is one of the reasons why it's important to, to make sure that we tell people that we know and love or that we have contact with about Jesus, even if it's just planting seeds, mm-hmm. because God can Good bring point, those Neil. seeds to fruition. And, and right. by the way, before I forget to say it, let me just mention, I, I want to make sure that as we talk about this, we actually take a moment to pray for them because mm-hmm. God is able and, and you know. God, God can do the miraculous. Uh, I'm thinking about Psalm 139 where it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even your hand, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And it goes on for that, from there. But, you know, the reality is 
even in the predicament they're in, they're in the presence of God. And I pray that the Holy Spirit, in fact, let me just pray right now. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal the truth of the gospel to those who need it right now. And I don't know if any of those people know you, but if they do, we rejoice in that reality. And if they don't, we pray for their souls, God, because they're in a very desperate situation. And rather than just follow this like it's just another news story, we're talking about human lives that are at stake. We care about human lives. We care about babies in the womb, and we care about these individuals that are in this vessel. Why they're there and for what reason they went down there, we don't know. I guess we can talk about that. But, Lord, our hearts are heavy thinking about the predicament that they're in and how terrifying it must be. Reveal yourself to them. Bring them to faith in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. There is a – now, thank you, Neil. So – and honestly, folks – Amid all the conversations that we have and speculation and and such, and we are going to be talking about that on this podcast, of course, but these are real human beings that are made in the image and likeness of God, and they're experiencing horrendous terror right now. And so I would would really just be encouraging everybody, be praying for them. Above all, the most important thing that they would come to know Jesus Christ and that maybe someone in their life had witnessed to them and planted some seeds and – They've just kind of dismissed it, and right now at this moment, uh, like the thief on the cross, they may be reaching out for Jesus. And so be praying that they do that. Be praying that their hearts would be softened, their eyes would be opened, and that God would reveal the truth of who he is to them at this time. And and certainly praying at a minimum for their their comfort and peace as they're facing what they face. And maybe God performs a miracle, and somehow, some way, they actually are rescued, you know, which would be phenomenal. What a testimony so, that would be. Oh, Bob, wouldn't look, that be powerful? Yeah. You know, I was just thinking how grateful I am. Let me just mention, uh, you know, for the sponsorship of and partnership we have with all of our advertising partners here on the roundtable. Because honestly, where else can you take the opportunity to not just talk about what's in the news, but literally pray for people to come to faith in Christ? And I hope that all of you who are listening have joined us in that. But, you know, one of our partners is Alliance Defending Freedom. They are incredible and have done an awful lot to stand up for parental rights, religious freedom, all kinds of issues that we care about here on the roundtable, which is why we want to ask you to donate at least $50. We need 50 of you to donate $50 today to ADF by going to the CrawfordMediaGroup.net banner and just clicking on the ADF logo. I mean, parents have a fundamental right to direct the upbringing, care, and education of their children, and so do we. Uh, But in Florida, and I talked about this recently, Leon County Schools apparently disagree with that premise and violated parental rights by using cross-gender pronouns and even a different name for a young female student, which, by the way, in itself is a controversial psychotherapeutic intervention against her parents' expressed wishes. The district apparently called for school staff to use they-them pronouns when referring to this little girl. Uh, and but the child's actual name and she her pronouns when talking to the parents thereby they're completely deceiving the parents in order to keep them in the dark about what was actually going on with their daughter at school and that's just wrong adf is fighting this case to preserve the parents constitutionally protected freedom to make the best and most loving decisions for their own daughter so you know mom and dad they're fighting for you they're fighting for each one of us who know and love our children donate fifty dollars maybe a hundred dollars whatever you can give at crawfordmediagroup.net click on the adf banner and literally in just a few seconds you can help preserve parental rights for all americans and we really must um, because one day it's going to be too late so give today Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF banner. And, John, reality is 
we don't have a program if we don't have the support of, of these nope. folks, including Wilson Financial. That's right. a fact. And Dennis Wilson, he's been helping you know, Christians and others, of course, you know, handle their money, be good stewards and, you know, don't want to sound cheesy here, but you can't go do one of these trips even that we were just talking about a moment ago if you don't have the wherewithal to make that happen. And I'm not saying that that would be, you know, a good steward of your money. That would have to be your personal decision. But those are the sorts of things where, let's say, let's face it, Dennis can give you the extra income, especially later on in life, that you need to, frankly, enjoy life and do the things that you want to do. And we, I said this even uh, in the last podcast, guys, you can't help others when you yourself are not financially sound. You can't help preborn. You can't help ADF. You can't help your yourself and your own family and your own kids if you're not financially sound. Dennis helps you get to that point. And then, of course, stay there as well. There's all of these you know, things that you can do. And the question is, what's best for you? And I said it before, there's no cookie cutter. Every one of these has to be individually tailored to you. That's where Dennis comes in at Wilson Financial. 800-696-9970 or click the banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely. As we continue talking about the uh, the people that are trapped down there by the Titanic in the Atlantic Ocean. In the second half of the podcast, we are going to be talking about the Hunter Biden plea deal and, and getting into all of that. You know, I, I do wonder, guys, and I'm curious to get your take on this. John, I know you and I were talking about this a little bit off air, about the adventurous nature of people doing things like this. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, we don't want to be – Because some people have pushed this to the point of insensitive where they don't even care about the suffering going on. They go, well, that's what you get if you're going to be that stupid. You know, and and, uh, because some people are really being harsh about this. And obviously, as believers, we're not looking at it like that. But there is still a a discussion and debate to have about some of the risk-taking ventures Mm -hmm. that people engage in. You know, William Shatner went up in that SpaceX thing. Well, let's face it. That could have exploded, you know. Uh, So there are – there are the, people do skydiving, but sometimes the chute doesn't open. People do bungee jumping, and sometimes it snaps. And of course, astronauts, even NASA, you know, this is a private company that's going to the Atlantic, but even NASA themselves has had multiple spacecraft blow up and the mm-hmm. astronauts die. So it does happen. How do we how do we look at something like this? And, and actually, John, I mean, your take, if you had the quarter of a million dollars in disposable income, would you buy a ticket for something like this? Nope. Not a chance. It's just me personally. <laughs> really? Oh, See, no, I would. I, 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 I would. would if no, I, I mean, not, on. not on the maiden voyage. Now, if this thing had been down and back and down and back and there's a track record for it, well, in my world, you know, again, I'm a risk taker. I'm in business. I do those things. But I'm an educated you know, uh, you know, analytical risk taker, I guess you could say, you know, what, what's all involved in this and, and let's look at every facet of it. And again, if they've been up and down, up and down numerous times, you know, I'd probably be more apt to do it at that point. I don't know if I, something about being, a, you know, two and a half miles down in the ocean that personally for me, just, I don't know if I could handle the claustrophobia and everything else that would go on with that just in case something like this were to happen. So me, I'm probably out no matter what, but if I did do it, I'd want a track record. Am I going to be the first guy in a capsule going down there. He'd be the first kind of capsule to go to space. No, that wouldn't have been me. I'm not that I don't, much of a risk taker. I don't know the kind of testing that they did ahead of time, but I, I've, I have to assume that they sent that thing down, maybe not at the Titanic, but they, they sent it down 
12,000 feet down, you know, empty down and up, down and up, down and up, and just making sure that it works completely. And now put a, per- I can't imagine the first time they've gone down 12,500 feet is with human beings inside. They had to have done it empty, you know, with some dummies and, and whatever. And let's make sure that it works. Well, and there's, there's where there's a lot more to this story that I've learned about. And that is that, you know, he'd been doing, a lot of different testing and so on, and other people had trips even planned all the way back into 2017, 2018, and every one of those kept getting put off and put off and put off. In fact, there's some lawsuits around some of what I just talked about where people invested money to go on a trip that never happened because it got canceled and he refused to refund the money and so on. So there's a lot more things even on the on the inner workings of that company that are now coming out. Of course, when something like this happens, everybody starts digging. So personally, after learning all of that as well, not a snowball's chance I'm getting on that thing. <laughs> Neil, what about you? Any adventure in you to, to do stuff like yeah. this? No, not so much. It's hard to comprehend, actually. I realize, let's say that 12,500 feet down and a few thousand feet out to either side. Maybe you send them down with 15,000 feet of cable and have that thing tethered. Like, I can't believe that it's not tethered. I don't know the mechanics I know. That seems weird, too. But, you know, let me just say uh, quickly as we, you know, discuss the value of human life here. Um, my son is quite an adventure. Now, I have, I have three kids, a daughter. My middle son works for me as my producer. He's been my producer for almost 10 years. Um, but my, my baby son, who's now 30 is an adventurer. I mean, he's done backwoods hiking with grizzly bears and cougar and, and um, climbed mountains by himself and all kinds of crazy stuff. The most incredible one was I got, I saw pictures of this kid on the internet standing on top of an airplane somewhere off the coast of the state of Washington with his arms spread out. Like I love you this much kind of thing, literally wing walking on the top of a double wing airplane. I don't know what you call those things. It had two wings. Uh, you know, top and bottom. Yeah, biplane. And he's on top of it. And this thing's doing 360s. And I said, look at this. This is crazy. I showed my, my son, uh, middle son. And he goes, "That that's Ben. I go, wait, what? <laughs> and mm. he literally, I mean, I, I'll send you guys pictures after the podcast of, of what mm. it looked like. But I mean, it was, and I, I'm like, are you crazy? Later I talked to him. He goes, dad, it was the most exhilarating thing I've ever done. Now he's not a, a huge risk taker, taker in real life. He doesn't invest in crazy things. He's a vice president mm. of a company. He's a marketing director and vice president of a company. So, I mean, he's, he's got a stable job and everything, but here's, here's the one thing I want to say. I would never do that. I'm scared to death. And maybe, you know, fear is not of God. I think I've, I've probably not lived life enough to the fullest because of things I've been afraid about, but I've sometimes looked at that and thought, you know, is it just that he trusts his future to the Lord that he can live like out on the ragged edge like that? And that these things bring him joy and maybe to some degree it is. I'm sure for some people it's reckless. It's ridiculous. It's just too dangerous. And apparently this company's never had any major accidents and the people that have done it have never died. And there's only two places you can do it in the world. One is in the UK mm-hmm. and the other is off the state of Washington. But I, I, I'm only saying it just to say that is it possible that sometimes in the body of Christ we don't trust enough and that maybe we should take more risks knowing that our future is secure in Christ? It's just a question. Sure. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's a very fair question. And obviously we, we don't want to diminish the value of our life and of human life, certainly not. But at the same time, I can look. I can relate to the risk taking. I, I really can. But wow. if you're gonna t- if you're gonna take risks, so uh, make sure that you know Jesus Christ. That's what's really important. And the Good fact point. is, we do recognize that human life is a gift from God. We, we don't we don't take this lightly. And one of those areas this becomes all the more clear is whenever you hear us talking about preborn. You know, preborn. This is a tremendous pro life organization, folks. They're stopping abortions all across this country. 
you think about abortion, talking about the ultimate lack of valuing life is taking an unborn baby's life. But you can actually do something about that. You can stop abortions if you're willing to give some money right now to donate money basically to preborn. Here's how you do it. You pay for ultrasound images. You see, preborn is the main pro-life group that shows these ultrasound images of unborn babies all across the country in pro-life centers. And when a mom sees a picture of her baby for the first time, she doesn't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. She lets that baby live almost all the time. And by the way, the mom usually ends up accepting the Lord too. So it comes down to paying for these ultrasound images. Now, $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So here's what I'm asking everybody in the audience to do right now. Would you pray about this? And would you kind of in your mind take $28 times fill in the blank? Maybe a number that God lays on your heart. How many babies' lives would you like to be responsible for saving? Is it 10 babies and that's $280? Is it 50 babies, 100 babies? I don't know what you can afford. I just know that that these babies, they need to be protected. They need to be saved. These moms need to know the Lord. And it falls on us, the body of Christ, to come up with the money to pay for these ultrasounds. So what do you say, huh? Will you right now give to preborn some amount? Here's what you do. Go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, you could talk to a real live person 24 7. You can call right now, 833 850 BABY. That's 833 850 BABY. And just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we talk about the the people that are trapped at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean right now, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So they're slated to run out of oxygen sometime uh, Thursday morning at 8 a.m. or before that. And obviously, we encourage everybody to be praying for them. You know, guys, I wanted to mention when we were talking before about what they're going through down there and how important it is. And Neil, when you were praying that that they would come to know Jesus Christ, that, that somehow maybe like the thief on the cross, they would they would remember what someone had told them, a seed that was planted. You know, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but I just want to bring it up again. I was interviewing a missionary who works in the Middle East. This is a few years ago. And this missionary works with former Muslims who are now Christians and works with hundreds and hundreds of these Christians, former Muslims in the underground church in the Middle East. And uh, I asked this person in the interview, how do missionaries even make it to some of these Christians in Iran or places like that? And this person said, oh, actually, more, more, than, more times than not, no missionary made them to them at all. Jesus appeared to them in a dream or a vision. I said, what? How often? And they said, mm, on average, about 60% of the former wow. Muslims that he works with that are now Christians, 60% said, yeah, I accepted Jesus because Jesus appeared to me in a daytime vision or in a dream, but in a very real way and said, this is who I really am. This is, And 60%. So a couple years later, I'm interviewing another missionary who works in the underground church in the Middle East. I think this was in Afghanistan. And he said, oh, yeah, I work with hundreds and hundreds of former Muslims that are now Christians. And 
And I asked – I didn't tell him about the 60 percent interview I did. So let me just ask you something. Do you get some of these former Muslims who say they came to Jesus because he appeared in a dream or a vision to them? And he goes, oh, yeah. And I said, about what percentage of them? And he goes, "Mm, probably half to two-thirds. Now, think about that a second. And then I just recently saw a poll of former atheists who are hardcore atheists who accepted Jesus Christ. 16% of them said it's because Jesus appeared to them in a dream or a vision. And so we have no way of knowing what the Holy Spirit may be doing possibly and maybe Jesus is appearing in dreams or visions to the people down there as well. So when people say, well, what about the aborigine who never heard the name of Jesus? We have no idea what the Holy Spirit, Neil, you're a pastor, what the Holy Spirit's doing below the radar screen. Well, let me just mention, I just want to piggyback because you're bringing up a really powerful point. Uh, Isaiah, what is it, 59, I believe, says the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save. We're talking about the God who left heaven came mm-hmm. to earth, put skin on, was born in a manger. Why? To rescue right. us. John three seventeen says he didn't come to judge us. He came to redeem us, to rescue us, literally, to give us life. Um, so this is the God who goes after lost sheep, right? So let's be in prayer that the Holy Spirit is doing that very thing, revealing himself to those who are in that cap. So whether they're rescued or not, that they might see right. Jesus right there and come to know him. Absolutely. Well, let's just make sure that we're that we are praying for those. Uh, people that are uh, that are down there, and that God would grant them peace, and certainly their fam- assuming that they do end up being lost, uh, certainly uh, that God would bring comfort and peace to Amen. to their families, and that they would all come to know the Lord. Uh, we do want to remind you as well when you listen to this podcast, we very much appreciate you folks doing that, but we want you to support uh, the sponsors to this to this podcast. Okay, so support Wilson Financial and the tremendous work that they do. Support ADF and them battling in the courts for our religious freedoms and constitutional rights. And we want you to support Preborn as well. If if you didn't call earlier or you didn't go online earlier to give to Preborn, do that right now. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there. Remember, $28. You're paying $28 per ultrasound image for moms to choose life when they're pregnant, okay? So $28 saves one baby's life. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, maybe that God lays on your heart. And that'll be your forever legacy of how many abortions you stopped, how many babies' lives you saved. And remember, 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there. And you can also give over the phone. They answer the phones 24-7. So you can talk to a real-life person right now. Just call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, and mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We do appreciate you folks listening to the podcast. We appreciate all of your five-star reviews. Hey, keep on giving them. Uh, wherever you listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. And certainly you can follow My Hope Now wherever you listen to your uh, – wherever you go onto social media and all of that. So, But we appreciate you listening to us. The second half, we're going to talk about the Hunter Biden plea deal. we got some political talk to get into. And myself and Neil and John will continue this second half next. We look forward to having Roger, the prodigal, back with us next week. All right, second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit, Uh, Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line out of California will be back with us next week. 
And right now, guys, let's talk about the Hunter Biden plea deal. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. So Hunter Biden, he manages this this plea deal that this Weiss, this attorney that, let's face it, is all under the heading of the Department of Justice and the Biden administration. So he is he went ahead and pled guilty to not paying taxes for two years worth of income at one and a half million dollars per year. So that's right. A guy who smokes bongs on camera and hires prostitutes in a ne'er-do-well can make a million and a half dollars a year. Uh, didn't pay taxes on that. Normally, this would be a year in prison for each of these and a gun a gun crime in that he purchased a gun illegally lying on his application about drug addiction. Uh, that's a 10-year felony for him. Is he facing 12 years in prison? Nope. He's facing not a day in prison. The tax charges reduced to misdemeanors. He pleads guilty on this slap on the wrist. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is facing 400 years in prison. So Let's not I just, all the child porn they found as well that didn't even come up in any of this that oh, I do not agree with got 12 and a half years for. That's right. That's right. So this is two tiers of justice, guys. It is absolutely two tiers of justice. And uh, here's what really gets me, though. When you think about what we now know regarding Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and their family, you got this FD 1023 FBI form that alleges five million dollar bribes being paid to Hunter Biden and to Joe Biden. Uh, in, and paid by this executive from Burisma who wanted the prosecutor fired that was investigating his company. And sure enough, Joe Biden even brags about ordering that prosecutor fired to Ukraine while he was vice president. But that same company was paying Hunter a million dollars a year. Then you add to that the 20 shell corporations that had $10 million funneled through them and then dispersed to nine different Biden family members and those 20 shell corporations, no employees, no product, no service, no business function at all other than to serve as money laundering. Add to that the one and a half billion dollar Chinese banking deal that Hunter Biden managed to land. And don't forget the 10 percent held back for the big guy, as we see in Hunter Biden's laptop. But no, he gets in essence slap on the wrist parking tickets and not a day in jail. Wow, what a two-tier justice system, guys, we have. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is amazing, actually. I mean, I, ha- I have no words. I mean, again, what I just talked about with Duggard, which we talked about on air yesterday mm-hmm. some, which I'd kind of forgotten about, and we're not giving him any kind of a pass, nor did his right. family, by the way, nor did anybody on the right. So why is it that we can call out our own? That individual gets 12 and a half years. I have no idea what the comparisons of the child porn on his you know, computer and all that was in comparison to Hunter's. I can only imagine the difference, guys, knowing Hunter Biden. And yet Hunter ends up with literally a parking ticket when this is all said and done. And Duggar gets 12 and a half years. I know. And and by the and way, but, I'm not saying that he shouldn't get 12 and a half years. I'm right. saying Hunter needs that plus some. I, I know. And, and by the way, Neil, Donald Trump is facing potentially 400 years in prison for the dispute over the documents, whether they're classified, not classified, whatever. Uh, so Hillary, nothing. Joe Biden, nothing. Donald Trump, 400 years. And Hunter Biden, a slap on the wrist. And this is happening, Neil, yeah. in broad daylight. Everybody can see this. right. And you know what the crazy thing is? People listening to us right now, Neil, they have liberal Democrat voting friends and family and coworkers. If they talk to them about this, you know what they're going to say? I don't care. It's, it's like liberals in this country right now, they don't care. 
So yeah. all we care about is we win. We want our enemies destroyed, and we want the people that we support, we want them to win, and it doesn't matter what they do anymore. It's like, what in the world is happening in this country? You know, on the one hand, you're 100% right, but on the other hand, like, if if Trump, uh, when it comes time, if he if he's convicted in the documents case and any kind of shenanigans are shown that maybe he inappropriately showed this stuff, you know, to Iranian officials or something, who knows? But if, if something comes out that represents that he actually committed a crime, are we going to be hoping that he goes to jail? Are we going to be hoping that he goes to jail? Yeah, in other words, are we going to be saying, like, Hunter Biden... He should he should be in jail, and we're saying because that's what we're saying, right? That Hunter Biden should be going to jail for this. Instead, he's getting a free pass. So when the shoe is on the other foot, if Trump is convicted, and I, by the way, I'm not arguing that Hunter Biden shouldn't be in jail. I'm asking the question: convicted of what? Though I guess that would be the question. Yeah, that, have, you know? yeah, that, that would matter to me because well, the, honestly, the, when the you documents have, case, I mean, it's, it's okay. the latest indictment. What, what here's how, here's how I look at. It. Honestly, this is how I look at. It, okay. If and I know people go, oh, don't do the whataboutism game. No, sometimes you got to do whataboutism. Okay, if Hillary Clinton is allowed to have top secret classified documents and put them on uh, an unsecured email server to be taken by our enemies around the world, and nothing happens to her, and she was never even president with the power to declassify, if Joe Biden can have them on the floor of his garage and nothing happens to him, to me, there there's an equal justice of law. Look, if somebody is driving ten miles over the speed limit, should they get a ticket? Well, if everybody gets tickets, yes. But if you're a Democrat and you drive 30 over and you only get a warning and a Republican drives 10 over, then I think the Republicans should get the same warning uh, or give tickets to everybody. But I cannot agree with if you're Democrat, nothing happens to you. If you're Republican, you get the book thrown at you. I can't agree with that. Either let everybody off or book everybody. But we can't have the two-tier justice system. That's how I look at it. Well, yeah, really quick, guys. I, it, Bob, it's not even two tiers anymore. I said yesterday on air, we have three tiers. You have the Clinton and the Biden families that have their tier. You mm-hmm. have Democrats with another whole tier that maybe is a little below what I just said with the Bidens and Clintons. And then you have all the rest of us as conservatives. So actually, there's three tiers if you really yeah. want to get down to it. There well, is. There might because, be four because then there's the Trump tier. There's the rest of conservatives, but then well, that's there's the true Trump too, tier. I mean, yeah. you think about it. He obviously has been a target for liberal Democrats and the media, et cetera. But I was, I was raising the question simply because John said we, you know, we can police our own, et cetera. But like, are we as excited about seeing justice served when it involves Donald Trump, for instance? Like if he's convicted and, and it's shown it's something you said this that last is week. legit, yes. If it's just a bunch of right. utter nonsense, which I believe it is, no. Okay. Right. No, and I if agree, the standard is it's not legit, if the standard is you don't throw somebody in prison because there was a dispute over documents that they had, if that's what the standard is, then that standard has to apply to Donald Trump also. You don't change the standard because his I, name is Trump. Well, I agree. But I mean, there's certain things that you just have to scratch your head on, like the whole system of pardoning people, the idea that Donald Trump could actually go to jail, become president, get out and pardon himself. Like what in the world? Is that even justice? And I'm not picking on Trump here. I'm just saying this system is bizarre. Every time you think that somebody's going to be prosecuted, they walk scot-free. Nobody in Washington ever goes to jail. And I doubt Donald Trump will see any prison time. And Hunter Biden, obviously, is not going to see any prison time. And it's just incredibly disappointing, honestly, if you happen to be somebody who believes in law and order. In fact, I know people in the Christian community that are saying Jesus came to set captives free, as it talks about in Luke 4. It's an Old Testament prophecy that, you know, part of his mission was to, to heal the blind and set captives free, and that that ultimately 
simply means we should just open the prisons and let everybody out. I don't buy that for a minute. I don't think that's what the passage is referring to. Right. But it, it's kind of crazy where people take this. On the one side, you've got Republicans saying everyone's picking on us. On the other side, we seem to be, you know, is very excited about going after Democrats. And the Democrats just always point back to us and say, you're the ones creating all the problems. We've done nothing wrong here. Move along, folks. And I, honestly, I got to say real quick, I think that's what this is about, that he pled guilty so that it's like, oh, well, he took responsibility. There's nothing else to see here, folks. Move along as if that closes the book on everything you, you mentioned earlier. He took responsibility for for a parking ticket when that's not what he did. So it's basically – if I go shoot some people and embezzle a million dollars and then I'm like, okay, but I'll go ahead and plead guilty to to a parking ticket, well – no, he he right. didn't. He didn't accept responsibility. He, I'm simply he's, trying he's to getting make, a pass. I'm simply trying to make the point that that this. I I think it's it's a Democrat strategy heading into another election here to yeah. say, look at Hunter Biden took responsibility. That's all there is to see, folks. Move along, which exonerates Joe Biden for any involvement in any of this. Uh, the whole China connection, the Ukraine connection, et cetera, et cetera, it all goes away. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Hunter took responsibility. What else is there to see? Let's move along, and I think that's yeah. the strategy. You know what, though, Neil, something that John was saying earlier, and it's so true, the three-tiered justice system at play here, because, yeah, there's there's one tier for Biden and Hillary and the big-name Democrats. There's another tier for Republicans. But but there there is this third tier that he's talking about, conservatives versus liberals, Republicans versus Democrats. And it, let's face it, we see a lot of Christians right now, Neil. We see a lot of Christians and a lot of conservatives who are having their constitutional freedoms denied them. Yeah, uh, no and, and, and in a way that Democrats are protected, liberals are protected, but conservatives and Christians even are not protected. And that's why, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm very thankful we got people like ADF out there fighting for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we need them. Amen. Hallelujah. And thank God we can come back to something like that, something stable to talk about in the middle of these kind of conversations, which is why we would ask you, 40 of you, if you can, right now, you as an individual and 39 others to give $50 to ADF by going to the Crawford Media Group net website and click on the ADF banner because the radical left is aggressively pushing things like gender affirming care for kids and literally the genital mutilation of children declaring that they know better than parents about what kids need. And we know that's not true. California, you got this bill that would allow California state officials to take temporary custody of a child. Literally, it's basically child kidnapping in order to perform genital mutilation surgery and transgender procedures on these children. This is unbelievable. Gender affirming care in the state of Washington. It's everywhere now. Um, ADF is fighting Mm -hmm. against that. They're fighting for parental rights and constitutional rights for all Americans. And we literally need to support this organization. Um, And actually what they would like to see happen is a generational win for parents that across the board, it enshrines parental rights as being constitutionally sound and forever and always uh, don't mess with kids. Parents have the final authority. Um, They do all of this kind of stuff at no cost to parents. But God forbid, if anything like this ever happens to your child or mine, we're going to want the army of ADF attorneys on our side. So give $50, $100. Some of you could give $1,000. President Biden said recently, I think he was quoting a former teacher. He said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. Uh, But the implication there is that the government knows best. School teachers, school districts. 
when when they're in when these kids are in our care, we call the shots. You don't, as parents, we've got authority over your children. We want to protect against that. So give generously, as Bob mentioned. To ADF, go to the CrawfordMediaGroup.net banner and click on the ADF uh, logo today and give generously. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we do want people supporting our our sponsors to this podcast. We really do. We want we want to have our constitutional freedoms protected. We want to make sure that we're wise stewards with our money and with our resources that God's blessed us with, of course. And and I know uh, John Wilson Financial has been helping a lot mm-hmm. of people over the years be wise stewards with their money. Yeah, and what ADF is doing is equalizing those tiers that we talked about a moment ago. And folks like Dennis Wilson can give you the resources. I, you know, I say it all the time, even say it on my other program, if we're not good stewards and we don't take care of ourselves, I always use the oxygen mask on the airplane as an example. You know, they tell you, put yours on first before you help anybody else, because if you're out, who else can you help? The same is true, guys, with our finances. We can't help and tithe to our local church. We can't give to other organizations we love and, and adore. We can't help folks like ADF. We can't help preborn. You know, you can't do anything at all to even help another family member if we ourselves are not financially healthy. And I don't think that most Christians really, really look at that correctly, guys. And, and when you have somebody like Dennis who believes the same way we do, by the way, which is also something else I don't know that I've ever mentioned, it's nice to work with financial advisors that see the world the same way we do, and they're trying to help us fight the same fight that they're fighting, and they help us do that by making us more financially secure. And that's what Dennis Wilson does at Wilson Financial. You can find him at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 800-696-9970. That's right. Absolutely. As we continue our discussion about the Hunter Biden plea deal. So what do you guys think happens at at this case going forward? I mean, John, politically, how do you think this will play out? You know, James Comer, of course, House Oversight Committee, he's like, hey, this isn't stopping us at all. We are continuing to investigate the Biden family corruption mm-hmm. thing. Do you think that Joe and Hunter Biden will be held accountable at all? I, I, just, no. I just have a hard time understanding no. how somebody could take millions and millions of dollars in bribes and and actually be laundering money through 20 different shell corporations to distribute the money from, from foreign nationals right. and the evidence showing that you actually altered U.S. policy. It's treason. I mean, it it's is. Yeah. It's treason. It's literally what it is, although I agree with Neil. They're just going to use this on the political end of things. In fact, what just happened with Hunter, they're going to come back and make this like, oh, yeah, he admitted all of his wrongs. And, you know, he did he 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 did his time for the crime, blah, blah, blah. They'll, you know, Neil's right. They'll play that up, even though nothing's happened other than a slap on the wrist. And, you know, maybe he can't buy a, a firearm for X amount of time. I mean, it's very minuscule punishment as far as what's gone on. Will these two ever be fully found out and the rest of the family members as well, as you just said a moment ago, Bob? I, I highly doubt it, and, and I know the, that our side is digging and digging and digging. The problem that I see, and, and guys, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm saying something that I shouldn't, but there's so much corruption even on our side. So many kickbacks, so many, st- so much stuff going on, even with the rhinos that are there. That will this thing ever go anywhere? I'm doubtful it will. I'm, I'm, I'm I hate to say that, but I'm doubtful it will. I, I guess, it, uh, yeah, Neil, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'm, I have no doubt. You're absolutely right. There's so much corruption going on and the kickbacks that happen all the time. I guess I'm just wondering, does there come a point when something is so 
over-the-top exaggerated in corruption, like actually taking multi-million dollar bribes from foreign nationals to alter U.S. policy so that you can line your pockets with millions of dollars and make U.S. government foreign policy decisions based on the bribe money that's paid to you. I mean, that's the kind of thing a screenwriter would come up with in a movie that would be difficult to believe, let alone happening in real life. Yeah, and I think that seriously, even a casual observer, somebody who's not super politically astute, you know, just reading average newspaper articles every day would eventually go, how come the word Ukraine and China comes up in almost every story about the Bidens? Like, what what is it about that? And, you know, we didn't even talk about the Penn Biden Center and the classified documents that Biden had there and right. that mm-hmm. thing largely funded by the Chinese. Like, what what in the world is going on here? Trips to China, the whole thing. Um, so well, he was in no, charge of he was in charge of Chinese and Ukrainian policy. China, Ukraine, Romania; those are the countries that he was in charge of foreign policy as vice president. Oh, what a so coincidence! Then there was nothing. There was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing to worry about. Then move along. Right. Um, no, yeah, but, notice but Zimbabwe. We're not hearing anything about. He wasn't in charge of foreign policy in Zimbabwe. Okay, oh, well, but he was in China, Ukraine, and Romania. How many? And that's where the money you, came from. How many times do you have to see smoke? before you start thinking there might be fire, really? And, like, so a few people, I mean, thank God for some of the people in Congress that are saying we need an investigation on this. They're beginning to open these cans of worms, but the media doesn't really want to pay attention. And like I said before, I really think that this Hunter Mm -hmm. Biden plea deal thing is just really nothing more than a smokescreen. But let me ask you a question, because somebody asked me this, and I I didn't really know how to respond. Um, I would love to get your input on it anyway. I gave my own response, but... um, you know, when when this whole Hunter Biden thing began, really, it began under the Trump administration, right, in 2018. So the, the argument goes that, well, look at the Republicans have used, they've weaponized the government because they, Trump appointed a special prosecutor to look into this Hunter Biden thing while he was president, knowing full well Biden was a potential candidate for president. So isn't isn't that essentially what Democrats are trying to do with Trump right now? And aren't Republicans guilty right. of that? Let's answer that, John. John, but before you answer that, John, because I want to have John answer that, and then I want to give my take on that as well. Before we do, uh, I want to remind everybody: you hear me talking about preborn all the time, and we want to take just a moment right now. And in the middle of this conversation, that doesn't mean that we can't multitask. We could talk about this, and we can stop abortions and save babies' lives all at the same time. Look, most of you listening to us are pro-life right now. Most of you love that Roe v. Wade was overturned, but you hate that abortions continue. You're like, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. Here's what you can do. Pay for ultrasound images for preborn to show in pro-life centers to moms that are pregnant. Because those moms choose life almost all the time, statistically, when they see a picture of their baby. By the way, they end up choosing the Lord most of the time, too, accepting him. But it does take money to pay for these ultrasound images. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. And so what we're asking you to do right now is give $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, maybe God's laying a number on your heart. That'll be your forever legacy in your family, in your business. You can always look back 20 years from now. You can look back and say, you know something? In 2023, our family stopped how many abortions? 10 abortions? 50? 100? It's $28 times whatever that number is. That's the one-time gift that we're asking you for. So here's how you give. Go right now online to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. 
You're like, well, I want to talk to a real-life person over the phone. You can. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now to 833-850-BABY and just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing this. Let's save these babies' lives. So to Neil's question, John, your take on this, wasn't Donald Trump and the Republicans doing the very same thing? Uh, Because the Hunter Biden laptop, the FBI was in possession of that in December of 2019. Mm -hmm. And in June... June of 2020, this is when the FBI document was created for the the FD 1023 document alleging the $5 million bribe. So all that was happening while Trump was president. Does that mean that Donald Trump and the Republicans have been playing the very same kind of dirty politics going after their enemies? I I, I know my answer, but I I want to toss it to you first. No, and you have to look at what what Donald Trump was actually going through and defending when it came to the other attacks about Russiagate and all that, which ended up, as we all know now, turned out to be nothing but a bunch of made-up stories that the other side was trying to, you know, trying to, to really indict Trump, if you would. And so at the end of the day, no, I mean, we still have to call out things that are wrong on a routine basis. That's all Donald Trump was doing when it came to the laptop. And frankly, not enough of it even came out. The, the press and the Democrats did a really good job of suppressing all that information. And there's polls out, you've talked about it, Bob, that say if the average voter knew what Hunter was doing and what all was involved, would they have voted in November the way they did? The answer is no, they wouldn't have. I, I kind of, you know, agree with Neil on this as well. I think that what the Democrats are doing right now, and if they're not careful, they're really going to overstep their bounds. And what I mean by that is they're going after Trump and even the polls say, you know, these guys are going after something that we really don't see. There's a lot there to even go after. I wonder now is what's going on with Hunter going to even affect that that polling even more? In other words, are they all now kind of the middle, of course, the hardcore Democrats? They don't think that side ever does anything wrong. You're never going to win them over. But the middle of the road voter that we need, by the way, to win. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to wonder: Is the other side pushing the envelope so hard now that that middle of the road voter is just going to say, "Hold on, you guys are actually as corrupt as the other side says, and you need to go." Right. Well, and we got to remember too. I, I know that uh, deep state is a term some people are leery of using because it makes it sound like you're one of the conspiracy theory right. nutcases out right. there. Okay. However, I do believe that there is some measure of a deep state in that you've got corruption in our intelligence agencies, certainly in the FBI and the CIA. And just because Trump's in power, that doesn't mean that all the upper echelon and the FBI are suddenly a bunch of conservative Republican Trump supporters. You got a lot of Trump haters that were up there in the FBI. And when they, uh, when they, for example, had this laptop of Hunter Biden's, in their possession from December of 2019, they could see in there the corruption and Joe Biden, the big guy, getting 10% and these business dealings and what clearly looks like bribery. And you know what the FBI did? They stuck it in the bottom of a drawer somewhere. They basically concealed that, went nowhere with it, and they protected and covered up for Joe Biden because they didn't want Donald Trump to win re-election. And then when the, when the FBI put together this document, when they interviewed somebody – in June of 2020 about, hey, the $5 million bribes. And well, what do you know? There's 17 phone calls. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are recorded on phone taking these bribes. What the FBI did was took that document and said, let's slip this in the very same drawer with the laptop 
under the underwear so that we can get through this election. So what the, the FBI did, you had upper echelon in the FBI that had very damning evidence about Joe Biden and they kept it a secret, concealed it, didn't let anybody know about it to protect him and cover up for him. That is quote unquote deep state kind of activity. That's the quote swamp that Trump has talked about many times and this is very real legitimate stuff. So uh, I, I don't see this as well donald trump was playing dirty politics going after his enemies in this way remember when hillary clinton committed all the crimes that she committed uh and trump won in 2016 trump irritated and aggravated a lot of his base when he said we're not going to go after hillary clinton trump actually said the country needs to heal right now and we're not going to heal and come together if we go after Hillary Clinton with all this stuff, then we're just going to move forward. So Trump actually gave her a pass in an effort to try to bring about healing in this country. So I I reject the premise that Donald Trump is playing by the same kind of dirty politics that we're seeing Biden's Department of Justice play by right I, now. I did hear John say that he thinks he partially agrees with me, which means probably Well, he's actually. just not feeling well. Yeah, okay. He's not Wait, feeling uh, well. But what, what I'm saying – I'm looking like John at those people in the mi- in the middle because the hardcore Democrats are voting Democrat, the hardcore Republicans are going Republican. It's we got thirty seconds, the by the way. Just so I, I don't mean to okay. cut you off. But I, I think they're looking. I, I think they're looking at the the phone call with Zelensky that Trump made that led to the first impeachment. Eight times, you know, allegedly suggesting that that he. Uh, that the inspector general there pursue Hunter Biden, then appoints a special prosecutor, Delaware, to go after Hunter Biden. That that's on that some of those people in the middle could be influenced to say the De- the Republicans are doing the same thing the Democrats do. They're weaponizing the government against their political enemies, and I think it's dangerous. I, so I just well, whether it's true or not, I think it's dangerous. And you know, what? I don't care if you're Republican or I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. If you have somebody who is engaging in influence peddling and lining their pockets with millions of dollars uh, in, in exchange in exchange. You got to investigate stuff like that, you know. And so I, I don't fault Trump for just like if Eric or Donald Trump Jr. were doing stuff that that genuinely was illegal and engaging in bribery, I wouldn't have a problem with them being investigated. But uh, you know, yeah, it, it's the two tier justice system that's the and frustrating you know, the, part of this. So. The deep state's been holding their annual meetings in California for the last ten days, and Roger missed two. I know well, yeah, that's uh, where he know. is. What? Actually, huh? I, he's at the build. He's at the Bilderberg Society right now. We all know where he is. <laughs> exactly. All right, listen. We appreciate you folks listening to us. We do. We want you to support our sponsors. Uh, support preborn. Give right now. Remember, it's twenty eight dollars to save one baby's life by paying for ultrasound images. Okay, in pro life centers across the country, preborn supplies them. So twenty eight dollars times fill in the blank. How many babies' lives will you be responsible for saving? What will the legacy of your family be? Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab, and you can give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. And you can give over the phone as well by calling 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24-7. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable. When you call, uh, we appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you supporting ADF. We appreciate you supporting certainly Wilson Financial. And we always appreciate you folks listening to us. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you 
follow social media. Uh, so we'd always appreciate you folks being with us every single week. We look forward to next week and maybe Roger, the prodigal Marsh, will be out of his Bilderberg <laughs> Society meeting and he'll actually grace us with his presence. John Rush, Rush to Reason, Denver, Colorado. Neil Boron, Neil Boron, live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, guys, great catching up with you. Looking forward to next week. Thanks, you Bob. Too. Have a great week. You bet. Hey, we'll see you. Thanks, Gail. And thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, ADF, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty, and by Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And ADF, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to show your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.